0: With healthcare riding the proverbial innovation rocket, fueled largely by a global pandemic, it's not totally inconceivable to think that when we say that a patient's in hospital, they might not actually be physically in the hospital. We've seen across the world more and more physical bricks and mortar healthcare organisations, hospitals, adopting and, dare I say, embracing this concept of remote monitoring where patients can be under the care of a clinician in a hospital, but physically located in the safety and comfort of their own home or somewhere else. So hospitals and healthcare settings need to adopt a wide range of technologies to not just innovate, but keep up with the expectations and demands of what healthcare looks like in this new normal. And if you're adopting a bunch of new technology, you're going to need to rethink your digital infrastructure to allow you to transform, innovate, and grow. Well, with me today is Raj Kaurup from Equinix, a global digital infrastructure company that's connecting healthcare companies and other industries across this cloud-first world. We're going to talk about what it means to get your digital infrastructure right and the potential and opportunities it opens up for collaboration and innovation within the broader healthcare ecosystem and lots more. Let's make it happen, Team Health HealthTech. <coughs>
1: Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.
0: With me today is Raj Kurup. Raj is the digital strategy lead for healthcare, Equinix Asia-Pacific. Raj drives innovation for Equinix's clients by identifying creative solutions to complex and multifaceted business challenges, harnessing the combined strengths of people, technology, and partner ecosystems. Before he joined Equinix, he was with DXC Technology as their partner engagement lead, and he's also held multiple positions with HPE, Nokia, and CSC working in complex IT transformation engagements across multiple industry verticals in Asia Pacific, the Middle East, and Africa. Hey, Raj, how are you going?
1: Hey, Peter, how are you?
0: Really good, thanks so much for making the time and coming to have a chat. It's good to hear you, and whereabouts are you located?
1: I'm based out of Singapore, been here for 16 years now, and I started my career pretty much here in Singapore.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, well, it's great to be able to connect and learn all about the infrastructure side of things, of healthcare and everything that we'll talk about. But firstly, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let's get to know Raj a bit better. What's your background?
1: I lead the digital strategy for our healthcare business at Equinix Asia Pacific. Uh, so I am responsible for our healthcare go-to-market for the region. My role spans across a few different areas. One is around building awareness through market engagement activities to bring awareness on the role of digital infrastructure in transforming healthcare and life sciences organization. Also helping our customers adopt the platform and see how they can transform their digital infrastructure to enable these agile healthcare transformation that is a need right now. And also build collaboration in the healthcare industry and also transform how they provide care for their end customers. Prior to Equinix, I worked with some of the companies that you mentioned, and I was responsible for consulting and lead digital transformation for uh, a lot of companies across Asia, Middle East and Africa. While I live in Singapore, I maintain a very close relationship with Australia through my work as the president of the Australian Alumni Association in Singapore, uh, the national umbrella organization representing nearly 200,000 Australian university alumni based
0: out of Singapore. Oh, that's a good connection there to Australia. And so Equinix, tell us a little bit more about the organization and what it does. Equinix was founded in 1998 as a
1: vendor-neutral, multi-tenanted data center where networks could come together and securely connect and exchange information as the internet started scaling globally. We have a history of building digital ecosystems. So over the past many years, we have been enabling multiple digital business ecosystems, which includes the clouds, the content and media, financial services, manufacturing, healthcare, and many more. Underlying to all these ecosystems, if you look at it, is private connectivity, or as we call it, interconnection, and the exchange of data among these ecosystem participants. And why is that important? You may be thinking. Any digital interaction today, if you look at it, involves multiple ecosystem partners to complete a transaction. And these interactions may scale beyond a single country or a single data center, and it could touch multiple markets across the globe. This is true if you look at online shopping or driving a connected car, or in the case of a digital doctor-patient engagement. So economics has been in a very fortunate position, if I may say so, to enable these transformations across multiple industries leveraging our platform. Today, if you look at it, we serve over 10,000 customers to harness our, our trusted platform to interconnect their foundational infrastructure that was their success. Today, we operate over 220 highly ecosystem dense data centers in over 60 markets and that connect enterprises, networks and services and innovators from around the world to come together and build that digital supply chain, which really drives their business. Specifically, if you talk about healthcare and life sciences, we have been playing a very important role in helping healthcare and life sciences organisations transform their infrastructure and fast track their advantage. We currently serve over 300 of healthcare and life sciences organisations across the globe, which includes eight of the top 10 in the global 2000, some of the regional players, some global healthcare platforms, and of course, research networks and much more.
0: And so then to help those that aren't closely familiar with the whole concept and where you fit in. So when we talk about data centers and everything, particularly those that might be involved in, say, the health tech side of things and creating solutions, they'd be aware of Azure and AWS and stuff like that. This is above and beyond all of that that you do?
1: If you look at any of these providers that you mentioned, Equinix operates those facilities where these multiple cloud providers take partners, health tech partners, life sciences companies host their physical infrastructure. So how we enable these digital businesses essentially connect to each other privately and build that ecosystems and build new business models, leveraging those private connectivity. So we essentially solve for the private connectivity. We help solve for improved user experience. When you're looking at digital services, again, if you look at digital services, user experience is very, very critical. So we enable that foundation interconnection as well as a platform that enables all these digital interaction.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. Nice one. And so then from your experience focusing on healthcare, particularly for Asia Pacific, what are you finding are some of the important issues and challenges that healthcare providers are facing when they're delivering connected care like telehealth and remote care and everything that these providers are delivering these days?
1: If you look at broader trends from a technology trend point of view, what it will lead to is essentially some of the challenges that these organizations are facing in terms of adopting some of these technologies that you talked about. Firstly, data. For example, if you look at a smart hospital, it generates around 3 terabytes of data per day. And with increasing adoption of connected devices within a hospital room, This is expected to grow even more. It will not be long before many of these healthcare providers will have to start thinking about how do I listen and sense in real time based on these connected devices. So if you look at a hospital room today, you can have anywhere between 15 to 20 connected devices at an average. And that is expected to grow, definitely expected to grow. And the fact is that these devices may not be residing within the four walls of the hospitals anymore. It could be extended to a patient's home. Uh, It could be something that they are wearing on a day-to-day basis, wherever they go. So it's important that we collect the data, uh, listen and sense in real time, anticipate instead of reacting to something, right? Looking at the data trends and interpreting and modeling the data, you're anticipating something. And we should be able to contextualize and act on the data and we should be able to make it relevant for the patients or the customers and even you know the caregivers. So this would mean analyzing large amount of data in real time, act on the data in real time. And if you look at it, the cost of data transportation is actually not getting any cheaper. And the fact is that you also need to think about how are you going to secure these devices? The more connected devices you have, you're actually opening up your infrastructure to security threats. So, how are you going to secure these devices? Secondly, if you look at the trend, it's around ecosystems. Tapping into technology and innovation provided by multiple cloud vendors, as you said, Amazon, Microsoft, Google many of them. And also there are many other specialized technology partners, if you look at it, AI and machine learning platforms, IoT platforms, medical clouds. So innovation need not always come from within the organization, within the four walls. The role of CIO is changing in a way that they are actually integrating many of these services rather than trying to build it up from scratch. So there is... An increased focus on tapping into the ecosystem partners to accelerate innovation. So I'm not building from scratch. What I'm doing is I'm actually bringing together the health tech partners who can actually help me solve a challenge right now and integrate these into my workflow. According to IDC, around 40% of the innovation would be delivered by an industry ecosystem by 2025. That is huge. If I may give an example, one of our customers, Harrison AI, they are a clinician-led healthcare AI company, providing specialized AI-enabled tools that integrates into the existing workflow of a provider. And it enables, actually, the clinicians and improve, essentially, the patient outcomes. They have built a few different AI models which really help them solve that. So one is around AI model that helps improve the likelihood of pregnancy from analyzing the time lapse of the incubation videos, for example. So they go through those video analytics or they have a video analytics model that helps them achieve that. And essentially, they're able to increase the success rate by about 30% compared to the traditional approach. They also have an AI model that they have built to improve radiology and imaging services. So they will also look at large amount of these images and then try to understand more about disease progression or help improve accuracy of detection. So it definitely helps the radiologists and, of course, the caregivers in terms of achieving more with limited resources. And if you look at it, the tapping into these ecosystem would also mean that you need to dynamically and in real time exchange data, not within the four walls. Again, you're thinking about exchanging the data with an external participant within your ecosystem. So that would also mean that you need to securely make those interactions happen so that it's seamless and, of course, it improves the user experience. Now, talking about user experience, in my opinion, the most important aspect in this digital way of engagement is user experience. Patients are no longer passive receivers of healthcare, but they want to shape the care around their needs. So that means that they're moving to what I would call as healthcare consumers. They want to take control of their health. They want to prioritize in terms of staying healthier and preventing illness rather than just engaging only at the time when they are sick. So what that would mean is that you need to engage throughout. So the way you're engaging them is not only at the time when they're visiting a hospital. You need to think about engaging them early to help them maintain a healthy lifestyle so that you can actually reduce essentially how they tap into the resources. And based on one of the recent Frost and Sullivan survey on digital trends in healthcare, the top IT challenges that we have found is dealing with security and privacy concerns as number one, followed by integration, integration of these distributed systems or getting the visibility across the siloed data that is sitting around. Developing a cloud strategy, everybody's talking about cloud, everybody's talking about adopting cloud. How do you build that cloud strategy? And of course, one of the other very interesting area was around building network stability and reliability. So if you look at it, all this would lead to the trends that I was talking about earlier.
0: When you spoke about the healthcare consumer and the expectations of patients changing, and I guess to an extent, expectations of care providers are changing as well. Are you seeing that on a, because I guess the benefit you get at Equinix too, you've got in a sense, not just a global perspective, but also across industries too. But from looking at healthcare and how it's delivered now, where we've got more data being transferred, less being delivered physically in the same location, you're seeing this continue to expand further? Or is it going to snap back a little bit to normal once vaccines have been delivered and everyone gets over this COVID thing?
1: No, Peter, that's a a very good question. What has been happening historically with healthcare? It's one of the least digitized industries, in my opinion, and there are many other industries in that space, right? But over the last few years, there has been increasing digital adoption. And that's a fact. But what we have seen is With COVID, some of this has actually accelerated. So it is not that it was not happening before COVID, but there has been an increasing adoption. And according to CIO.com's state of the CIO findings, around 82% of the CIOs self-identify their core work over the next three years as being transformational. And that is underpinned by, of course, the board's desire to drive digital business initiative. But also, if you look at some of the challenges then they have realized that it's not going to be the same anymore, so they should be transformational. They should relook at how they are doing business today, how they're engaging with their patients, how they're engaging with their users within their own organization. So digitization, in my opinion, will continue to grow. And as the value of these digital technologies will continue to take the top spot in the priority list for many, telehealth and remote care will continue to play a crucial role in providing patient care post-pandemic. That will also mean that there is going to be a need for access to these collaboration platforms, access to the data that these connected devices are going to provide. And also these data streams need to be secure. And again, we are talking about a highly regulated industry. We're talking about dealing with personally identifiable data. So how are we gonna secure all this would be quite important. I would also highlight one of the points that came up in one of our recently published reports, a white paper with Frost and Sullivan. It's called as digital infrastructure, the key to success in modern healthcare delivery. And if you read through in one of the sections they're talking about specifically in Australia, in 2020, they were stating some examples. In the wake of the pandemic and the bushfires, the government was working together with the public and private healthcare partners to make investments in telehealth and virtual services. So that is not for the traditional COVID or for responding to a pandemic, but we're also looking at mental health and aged care and so on. They were also looking at other areas like AI and interoperability of data across multiple systems and so on. So telehealth became very, very wide apart for the primary care model. And also what Medicare did was actually subsidize the telehealth as well as electronic prescriptions and of course the home delivery of medicines. So as a result, there was more than 30 million healthcare services that were funded under the Medicare for telehealth since March of 2020, as compared to 300, nearly 400,000 in the last year, around March 2019. So you can see that there is actually a trend in terms of increasing adoption, and a lot of this is not going to go back. What we are going to get to is more of a hybrid model, in my opinion. There would be digital engagement as well as physical engagement, and technology like telehealth and remote care is going to help in terms of bridging the gap between these engagements.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that it's definitely going to play a critical part moving forward, even when... The physical aspect of it is going to be front of mind for many. So just back to that point you raised around CIOs and seeing it as their remit to be transformational to thinking about that in a bit more detail and what that means. In the shoes of a CIO, thinking of being transformational, what does that mean? Does that mean they've got permission to do something different or need to be creative and push the envelopes or do they start again? Because they need to keep up with this emerging rate of change. How do you do that in this fast-paced world?
1: Sometimes what is happening is that because of the traditional siloed model, they do have a lot of traditional challenges that they have to deal with. And also a lot of them are looking at okay, how do I get to the next level, which is essentially very critical to respond to the challenges as well as to stay innovative and also being agile to respond to some of these external challenges or changing customer behavior and even (laughs) employee behavior for that matter. What we are seeing is that their focus generally for the CIOs is going to be driving transformation in Initiatives, so they would be definitely running multiple streams of these activities. And in my opinion, technology has got the potential to change several aspects of the healthcare from helping find new treatments to managing how we deliver patient care. So if we look at many other industries, and many of the other industries have gone through these challenges as well, they had to rethink about how they engage their customers. They had to rethink about how they're adopting some of these technologies that will change the way they provide services to their customers. They had to think about how do I look at these silos of data sitting around and gather insights which will essentially help me make the right decision that's going to support. And all of this, to me, starts with re-architecting the foundational infrastructure. And how do I re-look at moving from a traditional siloed approach to more of a dynamic model? Think about some of the examples I said around digital engagement. Digital engagement, you yeah, are seeing examples of telehealth. You yeah, are seeing more and more digital apps that is helping engagement with the patients. They want to be informed more. They want to read through and understand things a little bit more. So you are exchanging and sharing a lot of content to the users. Secondly, we talked about secure IoT platforms, right? Or Internet of Medical Things, a huge penetration of IOMT in the Uh, healthcare space. As I said earlier, not only within the hospital premises or hospital rooms, but beyond that. So connected devices are essentially helping the doctors and the caregivers to essentially engage and understand what is happening with a patient when they are outside of the hospital walls. And it's also helping them in terms of stretching the resources better, because you do not need a visit for every single incident that they might have. Also, transformation in terms of leveraging the benefits and the innovation, as I said, what the clouds uh, bring, or even some of the specialized partners that would bring. So that is also going to be very, very important to relook at. And also the innovation that data-driven insights across your ecosystem can bring through collaboration, that is also going to be very, very critical. These are some of the points that we, as a CIO, you need to start thinking about and to try to address over the time. But again, it will all start with building the right foundation so that you can prioritize and build on top. Because if you're not starting by building the right foundation, it's always going to add more complexity as you progress
0: further. Thinking a bit further on that, when you talk about re-architecting and rethinking and building the right foundations. With a digital infrastructure, particularly in a healthcare setting, and the larger the company, the more complex it is, they're not quick decisions to make. How have you found that whole process of change within a healthcare setting? And how have you gone about helping these healthcare companies in making these big moves?
1: Digitization requires scalable and agile infrastructure. Right. Traditionally, if you look at infrastructure, you would feel that, yeah, I don't have the flexibility that is needed to respond to some of these challenges the way I need. So they need to think about bringing together various systems, functions and stakeholders across the value chain while ensuring that the end goal of care coordination and, of course, effectively providing cost effectively, providing standardized services to the end customers. And also thinking about how do I interconnect this disparate set of data across multiple systems and sources and ecosystem participants as well. So, the thing is that we have helped over 300 healthcare and life sciences leaders, and, and we have been able to consistently provide the right approach, and we have learned a lot over the time. What we have seen is that essentially everybody started off with one thing, which is about building the right architecture. Now, if you look at the right architecture, there are three foundational components, as we would call it. One is around digital core. The second is around digital edge and digital exchange. Now, let me try to explain what that means. Digital core, essentially, if you look at it, most of these organizations are going through cloud adoption. You talk to any of the CIOs, you talk to any of the uh, the IT heads for a lot of these organizations, they are all consuming cloud services today or are in the process of cloud adoption. They are looking at the right mix. And in most cases, it is going to be multiple clouds. It's not going to be a single cloud provider. They're going to use multiple clouds, not from just, if you think about it at an average, an enterprise use around six to eight different clouds. That includes their private cloud. But of course, think about the SaaS services that they need to use, the CRMs or collaboration platforms, Teams, Zoom, much more. And of course, Amazon and Microsoft and many others that essentially is part of that whole cloud ecosystem. So they are also thinking about how do I consume these cloud services effectively? How do I secure my data? Because not everything may go into the cloud. And that's the reason it's going to be a hybrid and a multi-cloud approach. So they are also thinking about How do I essentially look at optimizing the way these workloads on a private and multiple clouds interact with each other so that they can provide the best performance? The further your clouds are from your physical infrastructure, it's essentially adding more latency. The speed of light, you can't break the speed of light. So the closer you are to your clouds you're actually reducing the friction that we're talking about. So that essentially helps build an improved user experience when somebody is consuming these digital services. Secondly, it's around edge. So that's around user experience. This is around transforming, distributing the workloads closer to where the users are. So you build hubs where closer to where your users, your offices, your business partners or supply chain partners could be. And that essentially gives you the capability to privately connect to those ecosystem partners, but also reduce the distance between your end users and your infrastructure. So that also essentially helps improve the user experience overall. With more digital services coming into play, more apps being launched, more telehealth kind of engagements, or even as a matter of fact, when you look at IoT and analytics capabilities that you're trying to build from... Uh, distributed data streams that is coming from your connected devices, this is going to be very critical. A traditional infrastructure that you would have built is not scalable and wouldn't solve for these challenges. All you what you're going to do essentially is going to add more bandwidth and that's not going to solve the performance challenges essentially over time. And it's going to burn a big hole in the pocket. The final aspect is around digital exchange, as he said, right? The core, edge, and the exchange. The exchange is all about ecosystems. And I cannot stress enough why ecosystems are important. And the innovation is definitely going to come from outside, more and more. So how do you build your presence in close proximity to your ecosystem participants is going to be important. That ecosystem participants could be not only, you know, when you're talking about not only the clouds or not only your network service providers or technology providers, but also the specialized partners I talked about, the specialized partners who could bring AI capability or machine learning capability or telehealth capabilities to your business and which you can essentially integrate and innovate quicker and respond to challenges quicker. As an example, you have many customers who did not see that adoption of telehealth and remote care pre-pandemic, but when they saw an increase, they saw an increase of nearly 1,500%. And this is a customer out of the US called the Center of Health. And they were able to quickly respond to these challenges because they built it on the right foundation. So scaling was the least of their problem. And that essentially helped them respond really, really well to the increased Demands not only that came from the remote users, but also from the external customers through telehealth and remote care.
0: That point in particular around the ecosystem is really important from our perspective too. Talking health tech, we talk about that a lot in regards to collaboration. There's no one organisation or person or anyone that's going to fix all of the problems in healthcare. So that's super relevant on our side in relation to our community. You're thinking about the opportunities that opens up. You talked about a few examples already about how things are starting to happen. What's the potential? Say we get this whole ecosystem thing right and there's players really engaging with each other and leveraging data and solving problems. What does that future look like when the ecosystem is working together more harmoniously?
1: I would say it would help in a few different areas. One thing, as I always say, is that in terms of the innovation that the ecosystem can bring, that is going to be huge in terms of transforming how we are engaging the customers, how we are engaging the patients and even the employees. So that is one aspect. And if you look at it in the last 12 months, the amount of collaboration agreements that we've seen falling into place has increased significantly. And the fact is that pre-COVID, There was already engagements in terms of building these collaborations among multiple parties. And in some cases, even between competitors and everybody's driving towards a single goal of finding a solution to a specific challenge through that collaboration. There has always been collaborations and ecosystem collaborations is increasing in a big way. Now, when we think about these collaborations, it's not only happening between healthcare organizations. There's other participants involved and these ecosystems could be built up of clouds. It could be built up of network providers because again, your consumers or your customers are essentially going to consume your services over digital channels and that would need a close proximity to network partners as well. Technologies and innovation that the external participants could bring. So all this would add up in terms of building that value of the digital ecosystem. And also, if you think a little bit more, a lot of organizations are also looking at newer models of care delivery or they are looking at providing differentiated services to their end customers. And so even if you look at all these aspects, what is really happening is that these small components that you're bringing together from your ecosystem is essentially help you change the way that you provide services to your end customers. So that's where essentially the value of ecosystem in my opinion would come in.
0: Yeah, no, very good. Lastly, Raj, to close things out, just thinking around Equinix then in the future and what you guys are working on, what can we look forward to coming from Equinix?
1: Today, as I said, Equinix is helping healthcare organizations in three broad areas. One, we are helping them transform their core infrastructure by adopting multiple clouds, multi-hybrid cloud architectures. So we are also helping them address regulatory challenges while tapping into the innovation the cloud brings while they still maintain control of their data, which is going to be critical. Second aspect is around transforming or helping them with the user experience. With more digital apps, digital services, user experience is going to be critical. And if you look at it, we all know that if you open up an app and if it's not performing well or it's not user-friendly, we are very, very unlikely going back to consuming that service over a digital channel. So user experience is going to be very, very important. By user, as I said earlier, it doesn't mean internal users or just the end users, but think about your ecosystem participants as well, who you would want to interact with digitally. Thirdly, innovate by leveraging the power of partnerships and ecosystems and by securely and privately connecting with the business partners so that you can exchange data securely, collaborate effectively, regardless of who your preferred cloud partner is, who your preferred tech partners, who your preferred network partners. You need a neutral location where you can make this collaboration happen effectively. From our point of view, if we focus on these three areas, we will still continue to invest in bringing these three pieces together that will help our customers to build together the foundational infrastructure that is essentially going to help them grow. That would mean a few things. One, expanding into more global healthcare hubs and global markets that will help our customers go where they want to go, deploy their infrastructure and closer to the users, partners and digital ecosystems. Secondly, we will also onboard a lot more ecosystem participants Currently, we are serving over 300 of them in the healthcare industry. But think about the surrounding industries as well, payments. Think about cloud technology that can essentially... Add more value to the ecosystem that you are trying to build to provide services to end customers. So, that would help our customers build new digital services, innovate faster, and also help provide differentiated services to their end customers. And finally, we will also be launching more products that would help adoption of our platform and services a lot more seamless by reducing the barriers of entry simplify how our customers can deploy their digital infrastructure where they want to and how they can integrate and consume these services and build these digital ecosystems and differentiated services and transform how they provide care to their end customers
0: very good Raj thank you look I'm looking forward to exploring this even further actually because at the winter summit coming up on the 24th of June you'll be on a panel discussion where we'll be covering quite a similar topic but with other people on the panel as well so such an important one to get right get those foundations correct and for anyone that wants to check out some more information in relation to Equinix there'll be some information in the show notes of this episode and on our website and a dedicated page for Equinix so do check that out so Raj thank you so much for joining and look forward to chatting with you at the Winter Summit.
1: Thank you, Peter. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for your time. And I hope that it's been useful for your listeners. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.